God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And let us be God's kingdom, now and forever. Amen. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Christ our Lord. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. O Lord, mercifully receive the prayers of your people who call upon you, and grant that they may know and understand what things they ought to do, and also may have grace and power faithfully to accomplish them. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. A reading from the book of Amos. This is what the Lord God showed me. The Lord was standing beside a wall built with a plumb line, with a plumb line in his hand. And the Lord said to me, Amos, what do you see? And I said, a plumb line. Then the Lord said, see, I am setting a plumb line in the midst of my people Israel. I will never again pass them by. The high places of Isaac shall be made desolate, and the sanctuaries of Israel shall be laid waste. And I will rise against the house of Jeroboam with a sword. Then Amaziah, the priest of Bethel, sent to King Jeroboam of Israel, saying, Amos has conspired against you in the very center of the house of Israel. The land is not able to bear all his words. For thus Amos has said, Jeroboam shall die by the sword, and Israel must go into exile, away from his land. And Amaziah said to Amos, O seer, go, flee away to the land of Judah, earn your bread there, and prophesy there, but never again prophesy at Bethel, for it is the king's sanctuary, and it is a temple of the kingdom. Then Amos answered Amaziah, I am no prophet, nor a prophet's son, but I'm a herdsman and a dresser of sycamore trees. And the Lord took me from following the flock, and the Lord said to me, Go, prophesy to my people Israel. The word of the Lord. Please remain seated as we recite portion of Psalm 85. I will listen to what the Lord God is saying, for he is speaking peace to his faithful people and to those who turn their hearts to him. Mercy and truth have met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. The Lord will indeed grant prosperity, and our land will yield its increase. Righteousness shall go before him, and peace shall take after him for safety. 
A reading from the letter of Paul to the Ephesians. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, just as he chose in us Christ before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless before him in love. He destined us for adoption as his children through Jesus Christ, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glorious grace that he freely bestowed on us in the beloved. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and insight, he has made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure that he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to gather up all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In Christ, we have also obtained an inheritance, having been destined according to the purpose of him who accomplishes all things according to his counsel and will, so that we, who were the first to set our hope on Christ, might live for the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you had heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and had believed in him, were marked with a seal of the promised Holy Spirit. This is the pledge of our inheritance toward redemption as God's own people, to the praise of his glory. The word of the Lord.
Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Mark. King Herod heard of the deeds of power, for Jesus' name had been become known. Some were saying, John the baptizer has been raised from the dead, and for this reason these powers are at work in him. But others said, it is Elijah. And others said, it is a prophet like the one of the prophets of old. But when Herod heard of it, he said, John, whom I beheaded, has been raised. For Herod himself has sent men who arrested John, bound him, and put him in prison on account of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, because Herod had married her. But John had been telling Herod, it is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. And Herodias had a grudge against him and wanted to kill him. But she could not, for Herod feared John, knowing that he was a righteous and holy man, and he protected him. When he heard him, he was greatly perplexed, and yet he liked to listen to him. But an opportunity came when Herod, on his birthday, gave a banquet for his courteous and officers and for the leaders of Galilee. When his daughter Herodias came in and danced, she pleased Herod and his guests. And the king said to the girl, Ask me for whatever you wish, and I will give it. And he solemnly swore to her, Whatever you ask me, I will give you, even half of my kingdom. She went out and said to her mother, What should I ask for? She replied, The head of John the baptizer. Immediately she rushed back to the king and requested, I want you to give me at once the head of John the Baptist on a platter. The king was deeply grieved. Yet out of regard for his oath and for the guests, he did not want to refuse her. Immediately the king sent a soldier of the guard with orders to bring John's head. He went and beheaded him in the prison, brought his head on a platter, and gave it to the girl. Then the girl gave it to her mother. When his disciples heard about it, they came and took his body and laid it in a tomb. The Gospel of the Lord. I speak in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I once lived in a beautiful old rectory in Essex, Connecticut, a house built in 1807 of brick brought over from England as ship's ballast. The house had settled considerably over the years, 
so that there was not a level floor to be found. Put a marble just about anywhere on the pine floorboards and it would run off into a corner. We had to put shims under the tables to keep objects from falling off. Particular care had to be given to the kitchen when it was remodeled. The skirting board at the bottom of the cabinets had to be made two inches higher at one end than on the other in order to make a level surface. Eventually, eggs stayed where we put them because good carpenters knew how to use a plumb line, a plumb line like this one, to make our cabinets straight and level. Now a plumb line is what God gives Amos in the first reading today. God gives Amos a moral and spiritual reference point against which to measure the nation of Israel. And when Amos measures Israel against the plumb line of God's standard of righteousness, Amos sees that there is much that is out of kilter in the nation's life. And so Amos gives up being a dresser of sycamore trees and takes up a new calling as a prophet. Now on the surface, things appeared to be going well in Israel. The economy was booming, and Israel was at peace with her neighbors. A rich merchant class had grown up along with the nation's prosperity. The religious shrines at Bethel and Gilgal were crowded with people giving thanks for their success. And the priests at the shrines benefited, benefited from the people's offerings. But when Amos measured the nation's wealth against God's plumb line, Amos saw what was amiss and began to speak out. Amos denounced overfed plutocrats, lolling on beds of ivory in their palaces, while peasants were burdened with debt and sold into slavery for the price of a pair of shoes. Amos spoke out against small farmers being dispossessed to make room for large estates, and against judges who could be bribed into unjust decisions. Beneath the surface of Israel's prosperity and peace, Amos saw a people divided, a people who had forgotten how to care for each other, a people who worshipped affluence rather than God. Amos's work as a dresser of sycamore trees was not coincidental. The biblical sycamore is 
like a fig tree, and its fruit has to be cut to make it ripen. So Amos went from tree to tree, cutting each fruit open so that air could get in and speed up the ripening and make the fruit juicy. He sliced the fruits open to expose any insects nesting inside and let them out. And now Amos found himself dressing Israel, cutting her open to make the nation healthy and fruitful and to expose the decay within. Now prophets like Amos don't usually receive a warm welcome. People don't like to be denounced for their wrongdoing and resent as troublemakers those who shine a spotlight on their sins. People who live in big houses get uncomfortable when asked why they need so much space. Most people want prophets to go away. And so it was with Amos. Get out of here, cries Amaziah in today's reading. We don't want you here in Israel. We don't want to hear your prophecies of doom and destruction, especially not here in Bethel, the royal shrine. This is the king's sanctuary and a temple of the kingdom. Go somewhere else, far away. Actually, Amos got off easy. Often prophets are not only denounced, they're killed. John the Baptist ended up with his head on a platter. And 50 years ago, Martin Luther King was slain by an assassin's bullets. Perils, though the vocation may be, Prophets play a vital role in human society. Prophets are able to detach themselves from the values and norms of the status quo and call us to a higher standard and a wider vision of what might be. Prophets remind us of what we are supposed to be like as the people of God. Prophets are not just in the Bible or in ancient times. We, too, are called to be prophets, to be in the world, but not of the world, in all the concerns of the day, but always aware of who God is and what God expects of us. And when we see what is happening around us from a godly point of view, we will sometimes have to be outspoken and critical, whether that is in our families 
in our place of work, in our community, in our church, or in our nation. Such a prophet was Thomas Jefferson when he said, I tremble for my country when I reflect that God is just. One reason why it is so important for us to gather in this place for weekly worship is to encounter God's plumb line together as we deepen our understanding of who God is and what kind of people God calls us to be. We read and consider together the Word of God in Holy Scripture. We offer our prayers and intercessions and hymns of praise. We confess where we have gone astray from God's paths and ask for forgiveness. We give thanks for all the ways God has made God's self known to us, but especially for God's taking flesh and coming to us in Jesus. We remember the love that Jesus shared with everyone and the love that he died to show to all the world. And we celebrate Jesus' promise to be with us always. And then we go out into the world to be the people of God, people whose values and perspectives have been formed by the God we have come to know. God becomes the plumb line by which we view ourselves and by which we view the world. prominent news item this past week has been the story of the 12 boys from Thailand and their coach, who were rescued from the cave in which they were trapped for over two weeks by suddenly rising floodwaters. Around our country and around the world, people saw the pictures of those boys huddled inside the dark cave and we prayed for their deliverance and prayed for the rescue workers who were trying to get them out. At times it seemed like an impossible task. The oxygen in the cave reached a critically low level. And then the happy news came that four boys had been rescued, then another four, and finally, all 12 boys and their coach, guided through the flooded labyrinth by a valiant team of divers. And the world now rejoiced to see pictures of the boys safe in their hospital beds, smiling and holding up their fingers in a sign of victory. Why? Why did people care so much about this handful of children? What united us in hoping and praying for their deliverance? 
What motivated so many people to risk their lives? And one brave diver indeed to lose his life to make the deliverance possible. Could it be the plumb line? The plumb line of God's righteousness? The plumb line God showed to Amos and other prophets? The plumb line of God's love made flesh in Jesus? A plumb line that God has planted deep within every one of us. Why care about some children stuck in a cave on the other side of the world? Why should people risk their lives to save them? Why rejoice when the rescue is accomplished and the children are alive and reunited with their parents? Why? Because as those made in God's image, we know that we are all members of the same human family, connected to one another and to all creation. That we have been given hearts that are made to have compassion for those who are in need, and that we are meant to work together, even at personal risk, for the good of all. What a gift God has given us in such a plumb line. If we would let it be our guide, it will make our lives, our country, and our world straight and true. Please stand as we affirm our faith by reciting the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate for the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. For on the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead. This kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is 
Gracious and loving God, you sent your prophets to declare your word to your people. Open our ears to hear you speak today. Open our eyes to see where you call us to act. Open our hearts and give us courage to respond. We pray for your church, for the people of St. John's throughout its generations. We give thanks for their generosity of heart and spirit and pray for our parish missions in Haiti and the Dominican Republic. We pray for this earth beset by war and earthquakes, by poverty and rising seas. Bless the leaders of the nations as they take counsel together and give them wisdom and a spirit of collaboration. May the international cooperation that led to the successful cave rescue in Thailand continue throughout the world in other ways and other lands. Mercy and truth have been together. Righteousness and peace have We pray for those who are sick in body and mind and spirit, especially for those on our parish prayer list, Jim, Kim, Carol, Janet, Susan, Cheryl, Andrew, Dorothy, Susan, Kate, Chas, Meg, Lena, Edward, Kenny, and Paul. Open our hearts to be kind and effective caregivers. Give us wisdom to counter systems that oppress and harm our brothers and sisters. We give thanks for the bountiful harvest of our parish community garden and for the beauty of the earth all around us. We pray for the safety of those who travel. Give them a safe return and refresh them in their leisure. We pray for those who are near death, those who mourn, and those who have died. Give us all a deep confidence in Jesus' promises of eternal life and certain faith that you have prepared a place for all you have created. Lord God, Heavenly Father, give us grace to follow your Son, Jesus, by showing mercy, speaking truth, and walking in the ways of righteousness that your peace may prevail among all your people, and your name be always praised. Amen. Let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you, thought, word, and deed, by what we have done, and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you Almighty God, have mercy on us. Forgive us all our sins through our Lord Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in everlasting life. Amen. Please stand.
May the peace of the Lord be always with you. morning please be seated welcome to st john's if you're new or have not been here in a while we're delighted that you're here as a way to start off the week uh, praising god in this beautiful space and hopefully hearing a word of god that is planted in your hearts as a seed of love and compassion we have uh planning our coming year partly what we're doing is being good stewards of the land that we have been blessed with here at St. John's, and that's our community garden. In the back, there is uh, a good spread on that of what we're doing. We've had two Tuesdays where we have had our mini farmer's market in the front and given produce away, and most importantly, connected with our neighbors. And as Martha Fine said so beautifully, she volunteered this last week, sharing what we have grown in our garden. And that makes all the difference in the world to know that we really do care. These are our brothers and sisters, as we are all people of God, as Bill said in his wonderful sermon. So I encourage you to come out and volunteer. We had about eight young men come from Covenant Prep, a school that we help support for underserved children in Hartford. And they came out on Saturday and had a wonderful time and worked hard. But it was just something wonderful to see that coming together getting our hands dirty, digging in the soil. That's something so sacred and also so biblical. And it brings us all together in a way that so many other ways cannot. So I encourage you to come out and volunteer just one time or one week, whatever. Uh, right now, I would like to ask Mary Scripco to come forward. This is a time of bittersweet goodbyes and thank you. Uh, we said a bittersweet goodbye and thank you to Janet, who is transitioning from our DRE, Director of Religious Education. Come on up here a little bit closer. And uh, so she is stepping down to pursue other things, and Mary is going to be doing the same thing. She has been Janet's assistant, right arm through all sorts of things with our, our children's uh, orchestra, with the Christmas festival, sleepovers, working with youth, going recently to Dominican Republic, so doing a myriad of things. And we thank you for that. And so we are going to miss you. Mary is a musician. This is her first calling. And so she has an opportunity to expand that uh, with her pupils and her teaching. So she's going to be stepping down. But the good news is that she and Kevin, her husband, are going to still be here. And so Mary is still going to be a part of our parish family and helping out at, at various uh, events that we have here. So immediately after church, you're welcome to our coffee hour in our parish hall, and we're going to have a cake to celebrate and as a thanksgiving for all the things that Mary has brought to this life at St. John. So thank you again, and God bless you.
Next Sunday is something that we tried last summer, and there's an annual event down at Christ Church Cathedral called the Jazz Mass. That's part of the overall jazz festival that's taking down that's uh, taking part in Bushnell Park, and so we are going to be a part of that. And at 10:30 is the service down there, so we're going to have our regular nine o'clock service here. So you have a choice. You can do. 9 o'clock here, 10.30 at the cathedral, or you can even do both. Um, but you're welcome to do that. There's free parking at Mac Garage across the street, right next to the stage uh, of, the, of the cathedral. So I encourage you, if you've never experienced Jazz Mass, it's absolutely wonderful. And you cannot keep your toe from tapping and swaying with this wonderful music. It's a whole different way, invigorating way to praise God with people you haven't met yet. So I encourage you to consider coming to that. It's a wonderful way, again, to celebrate the life God has given us. Wherever you are in your spiritual journey, whatever it is you're wrestling with, the challenges, things to celebrate in life, we together are the people of God, God's beloved. And we are welcome, everyone, to come to the table to receive the body and blood of Christ, the bread and the wine, that we need to uphold us and sustain us this day and always. So walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us an offering and sacrifice to God.
Lord our God. It is right and a good and a joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, for you are the source of light and life. You made us in your image and called us to new life in Jesus Christ our Lord. Therefore we praise you, joining our voices with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven who forever sing this hymn to proclaim the glory of your name. Spirit, 
All honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. And now as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Passover is sacrificed for us. Therefore, the gifts of God for the people of God. Take them in remembrance that Christ died for you and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving.
Let us pray. Eternal God, Heavenly Father, you have generously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and you have fed us with spiritual food in the sacrament of his body and blood. Send us now into the world of peace and grace. Do not pray for easy lives. Pray to be stronger people for the living of life. Do not pray for ministry that is equal to your gifts, talent, and treasure. Instead, pray for the gifts and talent and treasure to meet in the ministry that is before you. When you pray this way, any ministry accomplished or undertaken will not be the miracle. Instead, you will be the miracle. And every day you shall wonder at the grace, mercy, and power, and love that has gone from God through you into the world. Therefore, the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, be amongst you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen. 